Kiki ma ma ma. Welcome to Masters of Horror, the Revenge of the Cult Film Showdown. I am Jim Cotta, hosting this wander through the Masters of Horror TV series that ran in 2005-2006, featuring some of the greatest directors and writers of horror. And uh, we are working, uh, we're going through every episode of this very short-lived 26-episode uh, uh, series, and I am joined by Nick Boxer. Hey, oh, I'm here and not wearing pants. <laughs> like most of the characters in these episodes. Yeah. Uh, and we are also joined by Jolly Jack Hall. I am here. I'm wearing pants, but no underwear. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, that got the reaction I wanted. <laughs> I'm I'm going full Winnie the Pooh, so just a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, our episode. If anybody's left, let's. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's that's the most horrific opening we've had. Um, yeah, scarier than the episode was, <laughs> and actually sort of appropriate because there is a pretty unsexy. I'm not wearing panties line in this. There, there is. It is the the least sexy uh, declaration of "I'm not wearing panties" I've ever heard. All right, episode six, season on. one, homecoming. Now, Jack, tell us who our masters of horror are for this tale. Well, this is based on a uh, short story from Dale Bailey, who's uh, one of those speculative fiction writers who uh, has written like a hundred million short stories, but nothing you would know. Um, you know, like from like Nightmare Magazine and you know things like that. You know, uh, you know different amazing stories. You know, things magazine, things like that. Like he's he just a very prolific guy, but nothing overly famous. But it was uh, adapted by a much more famous name in Sam Hamm, who wrote the uh, nineteen eighty nine Tim Burton Batman movie. That would be his. He, and and he's a guy with surprisingly when you look him up very few credits which is yeah i noticed that you know yeah. very a, a, a massive surprise but the main master of horror is the man who directed 1978's piranha he directed uh the howling the original the howling he directed uh, gremlins one and two and that is joe dante and uh he is um Pro, a, a director that over the years has probably not gotten his his due, uh, you know, um, uh, as a uh, wonderful um, mix of, uh, you know, consistently plays homage, homage to uh, uh, 1950s films and science fiction films and, and mm -hmm. horror films and that type of thing. Um, mixes in a lot of humor. The big surprise in this, the guy who's not here in this, I think this might be the only project that Joe Dante ever did that didn't have this actor in it. It's Dick Miller, you know. <laughs> I, I yeah, Joe Dante. Yeah, Joe Dante was one of the. He was one of the Corman guys, right? Well, yeah, yeah. He came from the Corman. He started there, uh, you know, uh, writing credit on Rock and Roll High School and and the such. So, or actually, no credit on it, but he helped write it. <laughs> I mean, it is Corman. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, you know, he's he's long been one of my favorites. Definitely has a pedigree, that's for sure. 
Um, uh, Sam Hamm, I, 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 I was also surprised when I looked up to see his credits, uh, how how small they were considering, um, you know, considering Batman alone. Um, the uh, it, it's possible that he is. I don't actually know what he's been doing. I, maybe it's books or something, which you know obviously doesn't list on IMDb. Um, he, I know one of the big projects he did was for he worked for quite a long time on uh, adapting The Watchmen, um, and uh, and it's a version of the of the script that never made it, obviously. Um, and uh, but that was a long, long project, and. Uh, if uh, if you can turn up that script, it's worth a read just for how um, a different an approach it is. Insane. What, what was that? Insane. I think is the word you're looking for. He, uh, <laughs> he 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 wrote an official sequel called Batman '89 for DC Comics like a year or so ago. Um, oh, nice. He's. I mean, he. I mean, if he does have books, I I can't find any listing of them hmm. either. So I mean, he he just does it for some reason. I mean, he, he, I mean, he had Batman, I mean, which if, was a major hit. He, yeah. he had, uh, you know, Never Cry Wolf, which was at the time, 1983 was a major hit. You know, I mean, it's not like he's in one, in one genre. Maybe that's his problem. He created the Mantis TV show, I believe. Yeah. He did create Mantis. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and his, uh, his career seemed to stall out when he wrote uh, Monkey Bone, which I think destroyed the careers of pretty much everyone involved. Um, and deservedly <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I mean, if he had back end points on Batman, he'd never have to work again anyway. So uh, I, I will I will say I'm going to take this opportunity to apologize to Sam Hamm because I hated him for years for something that's in that screenplay of Batman. And I discovered recently that the uh, having the Joker be the killer of the of the Waynes was not in Sam Hamm's script. It was added later. So, sorry for having pu- having put your name to that crime for so long, Sam. Ham. <laughs> there are so many things you can hold against Batman stuff, right? <laughs> in in those series, and that's what you pick on. Oh, that's what I, that's what I despised. Everything Joker I mean, killed the Waynes. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a bit of a push to me too, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> What's, what, I mean, you survived the Schumacher years, so. Well, that's, I'm not going to hold that against Sam, man. I am. Uh, I'm only that his, if he doesn't write such only a good I'm, script that is such so successful, Batman 8, 1989, we don't get Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's his fault. Nick, Either way. What happens in uh, Homecoming? I would love to do like a detailed plot in it. Uh, analysis but this doesn't have a detailed plot um this is propaganda at its finest um military veterans start uh, start to uh come back to life as zombies to vote not eat brains and the political right goes bat shit crazy um, yeah. uh, we, we got an analog of the Fox network and we got an analog of George W. Bush uh, uh, trying to save his president presidency. It's entertaining. It's fun. <laughs> I, it I, you call it propaganda. I call it social commentary. <laughs> okay. And no, satire. I'm, I'm good with either description. I, I think uh, 
I would agree it is uh, satire, but yeah, but I would also agree that it drifts pretty far into propaganda. Uh, there's this is uh, you know people talk about politics being divisive now, and people being melodramatic about politics now. Um, if you're old enough to remember the 2004 election and how sure the Democrat uh, the, the left was that they were going to beat George W. Bush, uh, like they were crushed when that election didn't go for them. Like it just it just wrecked the morale of the of the uh, like it, it, John Stewart was just short of crying when the like the next episode of Daily Show that he did uh, it did just you know it destroyed the uh, the net at the uh, 